What's up, guys? Welcome to Trollier Now Podcast. I am Matt Travis, and I am here with, as always, Dave, Agent of the Protestants on Twitter. Agent of the Protestants. Agent of the Protestants. I'm pretty sure it's Agent of Polemics. What is it? I should I look think, it up, dude. I'm pretty sure it's Agent of Polemics. <laughs> you would not know your name. Let's see. It is Agent of Polemics. Agent yeah, of well, Polemics. There we go. I've had like six that are so close. You yeah, know? yeah. You it's, can't, it's you, you know. At some point, it's like I don't really know how old I am anymore. If people ask me, I got to think about it for a while. It's once so you, you get like, how, like six names, you know. I know. You, you know how podcasts always have like a dumb opening thing. Maybe our dumb opening thing should be me just messing up my name every week with something <laughs> more, more and more ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, well, we got some, got some exciting stuff. So today for, uh, people watching, we were going to film on, um, last Saturday, as usual, we normally film on Saturdays and then we film, we don't film. This isn't like 1950s. We were going to record it on Saturdays and, uh, and, and put it up on Monday, which we, which we normally do. But y'all might've noticed you missed us this past Monday. You're probably watching this. If you are watching it, you're watching it on uh, Thursday. Um, um, we had some issues, uh, um, that we had to, had to deal with. I don't know if you want to bring it up or not, but yeah, now essentially just, uh, life had a, uh, little COVID issue. Uh, so I was a little bit more involved with the kids for the last three or four days now, but she's perfectly fine now. Uh, just a little tiny bit of congestion uh, at this point and we're, we're back on track. All right, cool, cool. But, um, but yeah, yeah. So it's good stuff though. There's a lot, a lot happened. Today's going to be kind of a Twitter episode. We've got a, a lot of, a lot of, uh, crazy talk going on on Twitter and, um, um, some not so crazy like, uh, like this, this, uh, that tweet by, uh, JD Greer. We found out this weekend that, that JD Greer watches trollier than now, apparently. Dude, you know, what's okay. crazy to me. It's crazy to me that JD Greer obviously knows my Twitter name even better than I do. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that appears to be the case. Apparently so. But uh but yeah, JD Greer tweeted out um um well I'm not gonna read the whole thing because it was a really long thread, but it was a decent thread. I mean, you know, there's you could still find some squish in there, but essentially yeah. he said sometimes I hear people say, quote, all you Christians care about is a preborn, end quote. Don't believe it. Since 1973, for every one abortion clinic in America, Christians have built three crisis uh, pregnancy centers to assist women in crisis. I think I added some words there, but that's essentially what yeah. it says. Yeah, for sure. So credit where credit's due, right? I mean, it's it's nice because we see these guys so often. And by these guys, I mean Big Eva in general. And if the president of the SBC isn't Big Eva, who is, right? Yeah. Uh, but we see these guys so often just always equivocating and, and always doing the, well, yeah, abortion's bad, but kind of like we talked about in the first episode. So it's only fair to give people credit when they make the exact same arguments that we spent an hour long making, you know? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Was that, I should have, I should have the video from, from you. What's funny is, uh, is it was the, what he said was basically exactly the promo clip that I made for our for our uh, pro life for all life episode. I'm telling you, man. You know, <laughs> it's you going through world. going through all all the different things: crisis pregnancy centers, uh, um, hospitals. You know, just on and on about all these Christian organizations that that uh, we do that show that this has nothing to do with being only pro birth. Although pro birth isn't necessarily a bad thing, I don't think. But yeah, no, I mean that's a good place to start. Yeah, it's a good <laughs> you know? place to start. Yeah, if we no, get so past the birth, 
right yeah to get um, past the birth it seems the odds are pretty good that that uh keep going on for this yeah if, if you have to eat ramen noodles a little bit it's not going to be the end of the world you get your uh <laughs> Well, never mind. You get it. We don't need to. We don't need to go back all the way through the uh, through the abortion episode. And obviously, I don't think that he actually got that from us. But it was important, I think, to point out. <laughs> you know, a little bit of credit where credits due for the old boy JD Greer. Maybe you know, maybe Shinvi actually is getting to him a little bit. Eh, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably not. Probably. Shinvi, man, poor Shinvi. Sometimes I feel bad for him because. Poor shit, because he just he gets beat up from both sides. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't blast my pastor on Twitter, but also I yeah. don't have a pastor that says dumb things all the time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, <laughs> it's a tough anyway. situation to be in, you know, <laughs> for the guy that decided to want to start studying critical theory two months before critical theory got extremely popular in the SBC. Like you know, yeah. <laughs> You, know, you gotta oh, it's good timing, stuff. I guess. It's good stuff. So yeah, there were some fun tweets. I mean, we're about to go through a bunch of tweets that are that are pretty uh um we're about to put some people on blast, but we might as well do the fun ones. I mean, there was there was another one too from uh well, I mean, I guess I'm technically putting this guy on blast doing this, but but I just love this tweet. This one actually makes me happy for some reason. Um from Raymond Chang. Some of y'all might know him. Um he's at tweet Ray Chang. Um I don't know, he's some like moderately well known pastor and he's asian so that gets him some points for something with the with the yeah. woke side but uh, he's always tweeting out woke stuff but this is this has got to be by far my favorite thing that he's ever said he said there are a lot of asian americans who think they understand what it means to be asian american simply because they're asian american <laughs> can you imagine the nerve of this guy to think that that could possibly be the case <laughs> Because everyone knows it's impossible to understand what it means to be an Asian American unless you're a Marxist, right? It's yeah. the only it's the only possible way, <laughs> the only acceptable school of thought for uh, you know millions of people. Yeah. Yep. 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 I'm gonna move some screens around here because I'm about to break my neck trying to see you. Um, I didn't think this through very well, but while I'm doing that, you remembered your name though, so that's you know. Yeah. <laughs> at least i remember my name <laughs> all right john uh john piper he wrote a book a long time ago called uh something along the lines of gentlemen we are not professionals <laughs> i don't know if you ever i don't know if you ever read that book back when uh he was you know decently solid but uh no I no i haven't seen it. it um i've got a couple couple of his books but not not that one yeah but anyway um you good to go on monitors and all oh yeah yeah i'm good i got it i got it all organized i did i was able to do it pretty quick there um but anyway um i guess we can go ahead and jump into the main topic today so so the main thing we want to talk about today was um now that we're 10 minutes into this <laughs> the main thing we Standard. want to talk about today literally every week <laughs> <laughs> is uh is this basically just happened when was this at like 8 p.m last night or something like that when these tweets uh, of phil vischer started coming out very recent so i've got it pulled up right now and it looks like oh man you know how it just gives you the the date timestamp. uh let's see 12 28 so 1 p.m so yeah man i mean literally like this time yesterday yeah uh, this stuff dropped 
Yeah, so this is probably going to be the most uh, current event thing that we've dropped so far. We're, uh, yeah, for sure. We're not we're not late to the game. Our COVID was slightly, slightly late. Ten months well, in, you know, no. just ten months. It's fine. You know, I mean, we can talk about wearing two masks next week. So yeah, there's always. Did, did you see the? Did you see the? Uh, now we're getting off top again, but oh well. <laughs> did you see the uh, CNBC? I think. Uh, yes, picture yes. the two masks and three masks 90 percent somebody somebody i forget who i was listening to but they made the comment notice they don't show the effective the uh you know effective rate of one mask it's like well <laughs> yeah it's probably a pretty good point isn't it <laughs> yep yep oh it's good stuff anyway there's a there's a whole i could go on a whole rant about that no, it goes back to yes. 10 months ago but anyway um so so that do you have the the fisher tweet pulled up because i do not yeah i do so it's it's a kind of extensive thread i'll read the the two or three tweets that really matter uh Mm -hmm. that's fine and then we'll kind of dig into it a little bit from there uh but fisher says and i'll read the whole thing first before we get into it he says learning more about white evangelical history from new friends like uh at Jamar Tisby, at KK Dumas, and a couple other people. Solid group of the, people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, struck, I'm struck by the use of fear over the last 50 years as the prime motivator of behavior. Jesus says, do not fear. We say over and over, be very afraid. We are our own terrorists. Phil's brief history of white evangelical fear. 1920s, Darwinists and modernists, look out. 1930s, socialists, look out. 1940s, distracted by Nazis. Hang on. 1950s, communists, look out. 1960s, socialists and radicals and feminists, look out. And then he goes on for a few more. Th- but it, it after that, it gets into like the 90s. The Clintons, look out. So like we're kind of picking it low-hanging fruit for the next six or seven he does. Um, you could tell it was one of those where he thought he had a really good idea and then got halfway <laughs> in and was like, eh, you know. Um yeah, so on this, I think you had a, a really good point for like the main the main problem with this, which is which is that they've they they don't actually believe that we shouldn't spread fear. So do you want to talk about that a little bit? Because you I know you'd brought up like their push of Christian nationalism and some other stuff. Yeah, for sure. So the whole deal with Christian nationalism, you know, as we've kind of touched on is is it's essentially a term that doesn't mean anything, right? When you yeah. read what these various guys in Big Eva say in their critiques of Christian nationalism, they're literally critiquing anything from actual like neo-Nazi evil pieces of junk to somebody who thinks it's okay to have an American flag in the Baptist church. You know what I yeah. mean? And every potential position in between is kind of what gets lumped into Christian nationalism. But Phil Fisher, so it's been about not even two weeks. Uh, so, well, I guess a little over two weeks. January 7th, he put this out. He says, since we're on the topic, here's a handy cheat sheet on Christian nationalism from a sociologist. And then he uh, tweets this one-page flyer of what's Christian nationalism. And uh, the flyer is pretty long, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but here's a couple of gems from it, right? In its self-identity interpretations of its own history, Sacred symbols, cherished values, and public policies, it aims to keep things that way. But the Christian and Christian nationalism is more about identity than religion. It carries with it assumptions of nativism, white supremacy, authoritarianism, patriarchy, and militarism. (laughs) Now, let me ask you, Matt, those things sound kind of scary. 
Yes. White supremacy, authoritarianism. Don't those things sound a little bit like maybe he's trying to spread some fear about Christian nationalism? No, 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 no. Of course, well, that, that could be the case. Obviously, <laughs> it's, it's, it's these nonstop talks about white supremacy, of which the worst effects are are uh, are uh, what some people grow up poorer than other people, and uh, yes. And yes, a lot exactly. of that could be solved by by things that have nothing to do with white supremacy. Um, well, those... dude, one of the one of the best, and I'll get off this flyer because I know we have more stuff on his actual tweet to talk about. But mm-hmm. listen to this: one of the things that he says is how do researchers identify Christian nationalism? And remember, the point is Christian nationalism equals bad, and we should oppose it. Learn more at ChristiansAgainstChristianNationalism.com. Right. So he says, how do researchers identify Christian nationalism? The success of the United States is part of God's plan. Okay, so essentially, if you're a dispensationalist, you're a Christian nationalist. Um, whatever, yeah. I'm not a dispensationalist, but is that really the worst thing in the world? Listen to the next yeah. one, dude. <laughs> the federal government should advocate Christian values. That's listed as a negative thing that Christian nationalists believe. The federal government should advocate Christian values. That is just a <laughs> definitional thing that any Christian who lives in a nation should advocate if they're capable of influencing the government at all. So are are they saying that Christians should advocate the federal government, uh, not abide by Christian values? Yeah. This explains why they all want us to vote for Democrats. Yeah. Well, and the the functional answer to the question is of course, yes, that's exactly what they mean (laughs) because they want us advocating for Marxism and redistribution of wealth and abortion, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the funny thing about this, so you said this is a website just called ChristianNationalism.com? So, uh, before we send people into what could be some radical stuff, uh, this is a one-page flyer that uh, Phil Vischer posted on Twitter. So, I imagine the source material is not that bad, but I haven't actually seen the website, uh, which is ChristiansAgainstChristianNationalism.org. So, I assume there's more to it. Okay. I assume there's more to it than this flyer, but this is what Vischer said. Hey, if I was going to summarize Christian nationalism in like one flyer, this is how I would do it, you know? Okay. I was going to say, I find it kind of funny that he's, uh, he's, uh, advocating that we get our information from a place called Christians Against Christian Nationalism, essentially a website solely meant to talk about the bad things about Christian nationalism. But if you bring up something from the BLM website, and Ooh, point that buddy. this has something to do with the BLM movement and, the, and, and it being Marxist and whatnot, well, then you're just, uh, no, that's not allowed. No. Well, what, what I would like to say to Phil Vischer is, you know, you can advocate that uh, the government enact policies consistent with scripture without being a Christian nationalist. Cause that's what we always hear from them. Right. You don't have yeah. to destabilize the nuclear family to, to exactly. believe that black lives matter. And it's like, dude, everyone knows black lives matter. No one actually argues that stop. Yeah, exactly. And so let's, let's go into some of the, uh, some of the details of what he talks about. Cause obviously as we've established, and this is fairly obvious, this doesn't actually have to do with people spreading fear. They don't really care about that. It, they care about the particular issues that you're spreading fear for. But I yeah. kind of wanted to run through what I, what I found interesting about this list. Um, so I'll just kind of run through it real quick. 1920 Darwinist and modernist look out. Yeah. We should look out for them. Uh, yep, I would imagine thirties. Yeah. We should have looked out for them. By the way, um, Hitler was a socialist. So, <laughs> yeah. so, um, you know, Nazi party was Nazi. That's the uh, socialist party. 
and uh, 1930s. Um, uh, no, 1940s. Distracted by Nazis. I'll come back to that point in yeah, a little I bit. Yeah, talk he, about that. He puts distracted by Nazis as if to say the Nazis were a legitimate threat, but all this well, other well, stuff two, wasn't, I guess. Two things, there's two things he could mean by it, right? But yeah, I agree. Let's come back to it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so uh, then 1950s, communists, look out. Yeah, we should look out for that. Socialist, radicals, feminists, look out in the 1960s. Yeah, we should look out for that. Gays, I assume he means like the LGBT agenda beginning to be pushed. Uh, beginning to be accepted, to be mainstream, to be normalized, essentially. Yeah, we should have looked out for that. Um, even more gay is okay. Whatever, same thing. And, and so, and so now we can, we can see he's reaching at this point, right? Yeah, he's like, oh man, I did every decade up until the '60s. What were people complaining about in the '80s again? Yeah. Reagan was president, so things were actually pretty good. Uh, more gays. Yeah, <laughs> more gays. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but anyway so this list you go through it and everything on this list i just go yeah this is like all stuff we actually should look out for um um and, and of course the only thing on this list this is what i find hilarious about this getting back to the 1940s the only thing yeah. on this list that he seems to have a not have a problem with being quote-unquote fearful of right or, or spreading yeah. fear about or fear-mongering or whatever is nazis and it's just Another confirmation of, of a belief I've had for a while, which is they just don't know anything about history except for Nazis. Oh, absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And to be even clear, not that they just don't know anything but Nazis, but whenever I say Nazis, I mean literally like they only know the word Nazis. They don't actually know what happened Correct. during that time period. Don't know any history. Yes. They, they're so obsessed with global socialism being good that they won't look at maybe how national socialism was evil. You know yeah. what I mean? exactly just want to they want to lump it in as some entirely different dude the way that these people talk about nazis you would think it was a fascist government that was focused 100 percent on uh capitalism and as much decentralization as possible you know yeah. what i mean and you and i know that's the exact opposite of the truth it was yeah. a fascist government that was focused on trying to uh trying to nationalize what it could and trying to give insane amounts of subsidies to what it could, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, Joel Berry had a really good tweet on this. I'll see if I can find it. If it's not too much, if it doesn't take too long. Um, he had a good, good response to this. Dude, While you're it. pulling that up, uh, yeah, go I'll for just it. talk about this really quick. So dude, you went through his list from the twenties to the sixties really is, is kind of where his list is, is strong. Right. Gays and more gays. Yeah. All right, dude. Sure. But, um, <laughs> but exactly. You're right. He's mocking the idea of what he calls fear. And he's going to, when he doubles down, he's going to realize that he doesn't have an argument. Um, so he's going to fall back to no, 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 no. I wasn't making a statement as to whether or not these things are good or these things are bad or whatever. I was just saying we shouldn't fear. We shouldn't be motivated by fear, but that's not what he's saying. And do you know yeah. how I know it's not what he's saying? Because he lists seven things, well, you know, what, eight or nine things that he doesn't really think are that big of an issue, that things that are, he thinks are overblown from mm -hmm. Darwinism and modernism, which is insane to me, yeah. to Marxists <laughs> and BLMers. You know, that whole list, he, his entire point is, you guys are taking this stuff and you're blowing it out of proportion. But then when he gets to Nazis, he says, distracted by Nazis, hang on. So I think there's two things he could mean by that. The one you already touched on and you're giving him the benefit of the doubt, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I tend to as well. 
And that idea being that when he says distracted by Nazis, hang on, he looks at that and thinks, oh, well, the Nazis actually were a legitimate thing that we should have really been concerned about at that point in time, right? But that is definitely given the benefit of the doubt because he could just as easily mean that white evangelicals were distracted by Nazis in the sense that they were kind of like enamored by them or something along those lines. And you mm. hate to think that that could be the route that he's going down. But dude, that's what these guys talk about all the time. You know, all they yeah. ever talk about is how if you're a, if you're a generic capitalist, you're a neo-Nazi. Um, so just thought yeah, I'd throw I mean, that out there while you're pulling. It I mean, to, to your point, it does. It does almost fit better whenever you think of it that way. Because, because one of the things that they were talking about Nazis, like like you mentioned, the capitalist stuff, or they would you would think that Nazis were capitalists the way they they talk about um, oh, yeah. people nowadays and who they refer to as Nazis and that sort of thing. Well, in the same way, like what they would say about the Nazis was that they were also afraid of communists, right, and Marxists. Yep. Like for instance, you'll hear um, the term cultural Marxism. They'll talk about how that comes from some Nazi, some German word or something that was used during the reign of the Nazis and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Right. And yeah. so you'll hear stuff like that all the time. So he very well could mean exactly that, that, that Christians yeah. rather than being fearful at that time were distracted at that time because they were somehow, like you said, enamored with them. Yeah, for sure. Um, and sort of a little bit more to that point. Um, And I think this is probably what you're about to get into. So if, if you want to hop onto what you were pulling up before you answer. Oh, this, that's with uh, Joel Berry? Yeah. But, yeah, but so I Joel Berry. Were... Sorry, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, um, Joel Berry with, uh, he's with, uh, he was with Babylon B. I think he, he's like a editor for one of their offshoots sure. or something, one of their other magazines. But anyway, he, he tweets out, he retweets Phil Fisher and he says, Darwinist and modernist which is the first thing that Fisher mentions Darwinist and modernist brought about, brought us eugenics, human zoos, and Jim Crow. It ended with the Holocaust. The people who initially raised the alarm and said, look out we're black American churches. <laughs> Bill Fisher is so tragically twisted here. Um, um, and then he Ooh, goes on brutal. to say, and Bill Fisher goes on to mock those who warned us about communism and ideology responsible for torture, slaughter, yada, yada, yada. And then of course he just can, continues to go into to some of the, uh, legitimate fears that were yeah 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 yeah. Viable. so so let's talk a little bit about um just one more point really quick on the um how you would think if you just listen to what they were saying that the nazis are capitalists right dude even if you look at like the modern day idiot nazis like the richard spencer types and mm -hmm. I'll, i use him as an example because he's a target rich environment and everybody knows who he is right because yeah. he's the guy that's always on the news He's the guy that View brings on and claps for when he says he doesn't like Trump because he's too capitalist, you know? <laughs> so these guys even today aren't capitalists. They're legitimately yeah. more national socialists, right? They want America to halt all the immigration, to force companies and, and uh, government agencies to only hire white Americans, to predominantly serve white Americans in their businesses. Dude, nothing about that is capitalistic. Well, and you know they... I mean? Guys like Richard Spencer literally will say they want a white ethno-socialist state. Like they, they, they advocate for socialism, at least in some form, and they do so openly. He has actually used the literal word socialism. He voted for Biden, by the way. Did you see that? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> Absolutely. 
not shocking at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, a, a socialist voted for the more socialist candidate. What are the yeah. odds? You know? <laughs> but yeah, so so the intent isn't to um, the intent here is to draw out the distinction between how he treats Nazis and how he treats other groups that killed millions and millions and millions of people just like the Nazis did. And in some instances, in some communist countries, even more than the Nazis did, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and the last one that he mentions, so this is kind of funny thing about the list. Everything he mentions on the list was actually a real threat in some form or another. Now, now yeah. should we fear them? You know, not in the sense that he's talking about because he's trying to, making comparison to fear in like the ultimate sense, like not having hope and not having faith um, um, that God is sovereign and, and, you know, but should, should, should we fear them in that way? No, not, not really, but there is legitimate threats. All of these are legitimate threats. And then you get to the last one and it's uh it's what uh, Marx Marxism and BLM. Yep. And that's, that's the whole goal of this, right? Of is to, is to put all these things out that you were stupid for fearing all these things. Look, we're all doing just fine now. So now your fear of this latest thing is complete nonsense. Of course, Yeah, of course, the goal of his thread is not to say, you know, Christians really don't need to be crippled by fear. Scripture speaks out against that. That's obviously not his point. And this is yeah. something that we've talked about this before, right? But these big evil guys, what they'll do is they'll make a statement and all of their followers know exactly what it means mm-hmm. and all of their opposition knows exactly what it means, but they'll leave themselves a little out to when they get called on it by the opposition, they can say, no, 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 no. I, why do you think that I'm talking about something specific? Even though I gave 14 specific examples here, all I was saying was Christians shouldn't fear. You know. Meanwhile, yeah. what they'll never do is respond to all of their supporters in the comments that continuously are saying, yeah, you show them orange man, bad BLM, good, blah, 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 blah. So it's, it's a game that everyone understands, but they do it. um, They do it slyly and slipper, slipper, slipperly. God, I can't say that word. Uh, They do it slithery enough. We'll do that (laughs) to where if they were to be brought up, by some review board for whatever college they work out network they work at whatever they could slither their way out of it you know what i mean yeah yeah yep that's um yeah agreed agreed but um i don't know i mean i kind of hit it on everything that i can that i could go off of that subject i mean i could look at my notes real quick see there's anything else we missed um no that's pretty much it i mean yeah, we basically hit on everything, I think. Yeah, that's more or less what I had on that one, too. <laughs> I probably have more thoughts, but we kind of just we just saw all this unfold. So uh, so anyway, but we've, we've got a couple more things that we wanted to hit on. Like we said, today's going to be just a uh, crazy things that happen on Twitter because um, we kind of put this episode together at the last minute here. But um, there's just so much, so much going on. <laughs> on twitter yeah we had i literally had well uh, whenever we started uh getting all our stuff ready for this i had like a solid how many screenshots was like 25 screenshots of oh stuff. dude probably 25 yeah and we're down like, to uh, all eight. things that we could have spent 15 minutes each on minimum yeah yeah I mean? <laughs> exactly exactly but we, we figured a good place to to uh another good thing to hit on today um because it is kind of uh recent and and um i don't know it kind of shows kind of goes along with some of the stuff that we've been doing recently as well um is is the inauguration 
um, and kind of the response to it. And in particular, um, we'll, we'll start with you let's start with this one Christian tweet. Nationalism on the left. Do what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Christian nationalism. You mean the rise on the left, of Christian exactly. nationalism on the left. That came out of nowhere, didn't it? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But um, but uh, anyway, let's let's start with this. Uh, Lecrae tweeted out a thing here. Um. Mm-hmm. It initially just said, feels good to be on the right side of history. And of course, this was on January 20th at 8.37 a.m. So the context is kind of obvious. Um, but then uh, he goes he, on. He was, even, he was even responding to a previous tweet that he had done about Kamala getting uh, inaugurated as vice president, I believe. Oh, really? Really? I didn't see that one. Yeah, I'm pretty um, sure. I can, while you're talking, I can try to find yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Try uh, to find it real quick. Um, and then after, so after he tweeted the one that I just read, he said um, in the same thread, he said, which, of course, is the anti-racism pro-life from womb to the tomb, care for the marginalized, anti-Christian nationalism, anti-abuse of power side. Right. So so the the right side of history is the side that has all these things. Right. Um, and, yep. and OK, uh, I'm wrong. So what you're reading, he had retweeted the feels good to be on the right side of history portion and then oh. went into by that. I mean absolute leftism yeah 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 so i mean as defined by him you know yeah <laughs> so obviously uh obviously he's talking about voting for democrats here didn't we know this because he also campaigned for what's that guy's name warlock warlock uh warnock, warnock. Uh, your your freudian slip there might have been a better call though <laughs> so so here's what i think is is kind of worth talking about this because i agree with you right We've covered a lot of this stuff individually and, and more mm-hmm. in depth, but we haven't really looked at a statement like this, which is a good statement because it takes what leftists do and what they'll do is they'll take a bunch of words that sound good and they'll throw it all at the wall, right? Yeah. But the important thing I think to look at is that the way that he would define these things, um, objectively, from a Christian worldview, none of these things are true, Right. Mm-hmm. Like anti-racism can't mean judging someone based exclusively off their skin color and then redistributing wealth according to that. Pro-life from womb to tomb can't mean I'm going to continue to murder more babies unless you fund all the social programs that I want. Care for the marginalized doesn't mean anything. That's a word. That, that's a sentence that means nothing. I yeah. assume he probably means open borders and socialism for illegal immigrants because yeah. uh, that's what they usually mean. Right. But that's yeah. a term that suffers from so much semantic overload you hear that and you or even like massive welfare state and that sort of thing yep could be for sure and then anti-christian nationalism sure and then we've already touched on that and the anti-abuse of power side all i'll say for the anti-abuse of power side is we'll see dude we'll give it about six months and we'll see um but i think you know trump calling the um, prosecuting attorney in Ukraine to talk about crimes that uh, that uh, Hunter Biden actually committed. Yeah. I think the uh, pr- the abuse of power is going to pale in comparison to what we're going to see yeah. here in the next six months, even in our own churches. But hopefully, I'm wrong. Yeah, and it pales in comparison to what we saw in the past. I mean, you had you had several, and during the scandalous administration of Barack Obama, you you had several scandals like the IRS scandal where they intentionally targeted organizations and made it so that they couldn't um, um, raise the money they needed to raise in order to fight um, literal abuse of power. Yes. Yeah. Like that's yeah, a literal abuse of power. 
<laughs> what what Lecrae means by abuse of power is he did something that was probably a little bit uncouth and I hate it because I'm a Democrat. Yeah. What we mean when we say abuse of power is literal, actual, the targeting of the your political opponent's campaign with absolutely no backing in a fake made up uh, uh, intelligence drop, you know? Yeah. And, and so the, the general, the gist of what you're saying here is that everything he says here has a different meaning than what random person who doesn't pay attention to politics would read it and think the meaning was. And, and that's a, in there's even people on the right that, I don't know if they refuse to acknowledge this, but they just, they make the mistake of, they make the mistake of, of, buying into that you can be reasonable with these people on some level and that you can you can use their language in a way that they don't use it and, and so a good example of this right. this is kind of what i'm thinking of is chris bolt had this tweet um um that you brought you brought to my attention um that says affirmation of s- systemic racism does not entail acceptance of critical theory and, and chris right. bolt is a conservative guy he's against critical yeah. theory um he's against how critical theorists, I think he's against how critical theorists would define um, systemic racism. But even he oh, certainly. goes out and tweets the same that affirmation of systemic racism does not entail acceptance of critical theory. As if we we can just define systemic racism as the literal words that they say, and that's going to make sense in the conversation. Exactly. And and the thing is, you know, that the short answer to that question is, honestly, yeah, it kind of does. You know what I mean? Because yeah. these words exist in a specific semantic domain that you need to recognize as not only truthful Christians who want to value truth and live in light of truth, but also just people that are alive in the modern context. What we're doing here is is it's almost as bad as, and this is a ridiculous example, but if I was to say to you, uh, you know what? Matt, I think you're a really cool dude. And then you got on Twitter and said, you know, maybe he just thinks that I like to keep my air conditioning at 65 degrees, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's a ridiculous example that you can take back to the 1950s. You know what I mean? But at the yeah. same time, that's no. Accepting the existence of systemic racism when you are having a conversation with a critical race theorist is accepting their presuppositions. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, exactly. So. And it's, it's uh, Allie Beth Stuckey, which, which I'm not, I, I don't I'm, I'm not going to say I'm not a huge fan of her. I just don't, I don't watch her very much, but, um, but um, I think she, she does well for, for what she does. But um, she says, she pointed out something that I didn't even think of. Almost every word in this sentence is completely redefined by leftist and, and critical theorist in particular. Um, she right. said, Almost every word in this sentence would need to be defined before saying whether or not it's true. It's true being what Chris Bolt said, affirmation of systemic racism, not until acceptance of critical theory. So she says almost every word of the sentence would need to be redefined. I mean, would need to be defined before saying whether or not it's true. What is meant by affirmation, systemic racism, acceptance, critical theory makes all the difference. (laughs) Like it's literally every, every word. (laughs) Yeah. It really is. And that's, and that is the game, right? Yeah. The current, and it's not by any means limited to critical theory, but mm-hmm. that's the game. White supremacist, 
word with yeah. no longer any meaning. Racist, word with no longer any meaning, you know. Anti-woman, word with no longer any meaning. Um, misogynist, yeah. word with no longer any meaning. Patriarchy, word with no longer any meaning. <laughs> I mean, dude, we could. I'm not going to sit here for 10 minutes and list all the words that have been redefined, but we, we could. We literally mm-hmm. could, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I and that's exactly what... For that, Mm-hmm. Good. I think the reason for that game, and this is where maybe a little bit of my cynicism and negativity comes in, but I think a little bit of the reason for that game is we know that these people are advocating ideologies that just like Phil Vischer was mockingly pretending aren't important or responsible for hundreds of millions of deaths, right? Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, we've, we've redefined things. The proletariat doesn't mean what it meant uh, in the Soviet union anymore. You know, it's all based upon race now, as opposed to economic class and stuff like that, but it's the same ideas. And if you read the actual people that are writing on this, they will fully well admit that these are ideas that are being taken from, you know, Marx and Engels through the lens of Gramsci and all that kind of stuff. They're not hiding the ball on this, but these guys like Lecrae, these guys like Phil Vischer, they know that if they say, you know what, Christians, I really think that there's some things we could pick up from Gramsci and Marxism. Literally everyone in their audience is going to be like, dude, are you serious? Like, absolutely not. (laughs) You know what I mean? But if they redefine all these terms to mean what these newer Marxist writers mean by it, now we can smuggle that stuff in. Yeah. It's 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 extremely dishonest, man. And at some point, you got to stop giving people the benefit of the doubt. After they've been corrected, dozens upon dozens of times you got to stop you know yeah yeah exactly um um but uh moving on with more more like kind of the inauguration stuff there there was a whole bunch of stuff i mean russell moore tweeted out something real stupid um i should have looked that one up too um that was basically he basically just said that that he hopes Biden has a successful administration or whatever. They're very careful, just like with the changing of language yeah. in a similar way. They're very careful and very vague in how they do this stuff. But obviously, like, there's no definition of success from the point of view of a Biden administration that wouldn't involve radically anti-Christian legislation and executive orders and all sorts right. of stuff. So, so the idea that he would use that word success to describe how he hopes, like, like I get, you know, you can kind of get when somebody goes, of course, of course we should be praying for, for our, uh, for our, uh, our leaders and, and, and uh, for all politicians, for our governors, for, for our, our president, for everybody. Um, and, and hoping that, well, I mean, in the, in the case of like Biden and them hoping that they come to their senses, yeah, but we don't need to wait, like, it's just wait, a stupid on, Matt, thing. Can I ask you something really quick? Yeah, go ahead. Are you suggesting that we should be praying that the federal government should advocate Christian values? <laughs> that can't be because I've heard bad things about that. Yes, it's very bad. It's very bad Christian nationalism. I mean, how how dare you consider? Exactly. But no, I, I totally get what you're saying, man. Um, so I am also praying for the administration, but I'm praying that the administration fails on pretty much every single well, I won't even say pretty much to my knowledge, every single one of its major policy positions, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, and that's, that is not an unchristian thing to do. If anything, that's a Christian thing to do. Mm-hmm. And this idea, this newfound idea in the last five or 10 years among evangelical circles 
that you're supposed to love your neighbor by praying for the government to persecute your neighbor and voting for it is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so there's, uh, luckily we do have some people who don't mince words. Um, um, John MacArthur had a, had a pretty uh, epic response to, to the inauguration that was the exact opposite of what we saw with Lecrae and Russell Moore. He yeah. says, all right, so this is a great thing. I think we may have talked about this. I can't remember if we talked about this on the phone or not. Um, if you brought up or if it was somebody else I was talking to that John MacArthur doesn't tweet a lot. And that's an important context it for is. this tweet. Was yeah. that you that brought that up? I think so. Yeah. While you're, while you're pulling it up, I will bring up when his last tweet was. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. So this one was on January 20th and I'm going to say at least three weeks since his last his tweet before this, but I don't know. I could be wrong. But anyway, he says it's official one nation in rebellion to God with liberty and social justice for some. And then he, he says, uh, praise our great King who delivered us from kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son, Colossians one thirteen. Yep. Um, so his last tweet prior to this was November 26th of 2020. So literally two so, months in between tweets there. Yeah. 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 So, so this, this is him just coming out with the fire. Obviously this isn't just something that he off the cuff decided to throw up because he's never on Twitter, but he right. particularly picked the inauguration day whenever everybody was fawning over the administration. Um, or at least, at least pretending like we can all unify and get together and, and let's do this team. Right. <laughs> like as if we have the same goals, as if our goals are, are, not even just in any way similar, but if our goals are, are, are not diametrically opposed to this the goals of this administration, or should be at least as Christians. Um, on, when, when all that was happening, he comes out after not tweeting for two months and, and just drops the hammer, one nation of rebellion to God. Yeah. And, really. um, and so, I mean, we could go over some of the responses to this too, because people lost their minds over this. Like Bradley Mason said, Said, see, we told y'all this is going to be a Twitter episode. That's basically all we're doing is reading tweets here. But it's good. Hey, man. So let's talk about that. So I think I've I've had people ask me this before, not so much on Twitter for obvious reasons, but in real life, like, what's the point of focusing so much on stuff that goes on on social media? Mm -hmm. Um, So not just Twitter, right, but Facebook and stuff like that too. And my answer every time is, what you see on social media is what you will see at the General Assembly of the PCA or the, F, the SBC General Convention. Uh, I, think that, I think they call it the General Convention. I'm not SBC, whatever. Yeah. Um, that's what you'll see five years from now. You yeah. know? So the loudest voices in these denominations, the Dwight McKissicks in the SBC or whatever, uh, that's the direction that they're going. So it really is important to get ahead of these things. And this is where people go to build their platforms. You know, yeah. uh, Beth Moore, Russell Moore, uh jd greer all these guys think it's super important to push their agendas out on social media so i think it's it's almost unwise for christians to ignore that you know i'm not saying every pastor of a a backwoods church that's 70 years old and just wants to preach the gospel needs to have a twitter account with 2,000 followers that's not what i'm saying but it is important and you know we do policy in these denominations is created based off this stuff you're right on point. And it's, it's kind of, it's the same thing with, uh, you know, whenever somebody's, you know, trying to figure out if some of this stuff, some of the more recent stuff is like creeping into their church. I always tell them to go read the blogs. Uh, 
go read your church's blog because almost every church has a blog. Some of them don't, but yeah. But um, because that's where they'll start talking about stuff that they won't that they're they're afraid to say from the pulpit, essentially. So that's where you can find out what they really right. think and where the church is headed. It's the same thing with Twitter. You want to find out where you're headed? Go follow all your pastors and elders on Twitter and see what they're talking about on Facebook and Twitter. Yep. Another thing I would recommend is anytime your church hires a new person for staff, go mm-hmm. to their, you know, whatever, whatever you call it, ordination service, confirmation, um, laying mm-hmm. on hands, obviously different denominations call it different things, right? But go to whatever your denomination's version of that is and listen to the questions that are asked and listen to their answers of those questions. And in a lot of denominations, you're actually allowed to bring up questions. And maybe some of this stuff, you know, even if it's as simple as, what's your view on the statement on social justice and the gospel? You know, some of these questions, people people have a little bit more ability to get these answers than they think they do a lot of times. Uh, but anyway, sorry, I diverged for five minutes. So <laughs> go ahead with, uh, with old Bradley Mason. All right, so so where we where we were at um, before we went on a, went on a rant there, uh, we were talking about John MacArthur's tweet where he says it's official one nation rebellion to God with liberty and justice for some, um, and you know that's kind of a fiery tweet considering the circumstances on January twentieth with everybody else kind of fawning over the administration, and then he got some pretty heated replies to this. Um, you got the obvious Bradley Mason saying uh, he saw way too many colored people walking around like they own the place on TV. Um, so that's, I mean, that's standard rally. Is that, is that cultural appropriation? That sounds like a little bit of slang. You mean like walking around. Yeah. Yo, what up? They was up in they walking around <laughs> up on TV. Are we code switching here? Is that what we're doing? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> I think that's what we might be doing. He's, uh, he's known for that. Uh, he's known for, you know, throwing a yeah. little slang in there, if you will. <laughs> and that, I mean, you don't really need too much commentary on this other than to point out that this is what. This is what um, is considered acceptable, basically, by most mainstream stream churches now. He could be in, in, he could probably be an elder in a lot of these churches, and, and they wouldn't bat an eye at a tweet like this because yeah. he's he's he's. You can call uh you know you can call white people racist all you want, and it doesn't matter. But um, but then you have the more sophisticated version of 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 going after a tweet like like this, or or, or tweets that are. People in general that have the the view of John MacArthur, right? Um, and, and I thought this one was kind of interesting. David French um, says about the whole situation, really, this isn't necessarily about John MacArthur, but it's about, about people who have the same viewpoint as him. He said, regarding Biden's executive orders, two things are true. So this is a few days after. This is January 22nd. Um, keep in mind... <laughs> It only took two days before David French had to come out and defend executive orders from Biden because he was signing so many of them. <laughs> but yeah, sounds, only took two days. About right. But anyway, he says regarding uh, Biden's executive orders, two things are true. One, you can oppose the worst, including through litigation when appropriate. Yet, two, a handful of bad executive orders do not, does not mean it was better to support a deranged liar who'd incite the sacking of the Capitol to hold on to power perspective (laughs) yeah so obviously dude you have the the standard irrational david french orange man bad baseline that at this point let's be honest dude 
two months from now, no one's going to remember who David French is. David French is never going to get another job as a conservative. Uh, you know, maybe if he goes full liberal, he'll get something on, on one of the more liberal networks. But he's as irrelevant as it could possibly be now that, now that Trump's out of office. But that tweet that Larry Fowlow, uh, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name. Yeah, uh, his response to it. Put out, yeah, and was it a response or was it just kind, I'm pretty, of, a, kind of a lucky coincidence, if you will? I, it could just be a coincidence because it was, it was one day after. It was about 24 hours after. Um, I know he was aware of the David French tweet, but it could have just be okay. a coincidence. Yeah. Well, either way, it, it's a. I think it's a brilliant kind of castigation of of where a lot of these so-called conservatives have gone when it comes to what the priorities are. So, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't have it. I don't have his tweet pulled up. Okay, okay. Uh, so let me let me read it real quick. Um, he says, one reason abortion is still legal is that Christians don't use words like deranged, as David French used deranged to refer to Trump. Um, Christians don't use words like deranged to describe someone who celebrates the murder of 60 million people. Obviously, he's referring to uh, abortion, as he said at the beginning. Um, so one reason abortion is still legal is that Christians don't use words like deranged to describe someone who celebrates the murder of 60 million people. We've lost the ability to see such carnage for what it is and have thus elevated far lesser issues above it in importance. Yep. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And, and, and dude, that's isn't it just so definitional of of what we see all the time, you know, ec economic inequality is the, the worst issue you could possibly imagine. Uh, but we're not going to say anything about burning down uh, $2 billion yeah. of property damage in, in low income neighborhoods, you know, yeah. well, dude, you would think as a Christian, and I don't expect this from, from the hard left. I don't expect it from people that are objectively irrational, but from evangelicals who profess to be conservatives for them to not see that, hey, if we're concerned with economic and racial inequality, maybe the first thing we should do mm -hmm. is stop encouraging a bunch of 20-year-old white idiots to go burn down a bunch of black neighborhoods. Yeah. You know, I'm not a scientist, but maybe that'd be a good place to start. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, of course, you have it with abortion, too. And what it is, is we've just gotten so lost in orange man bad, mean tweets, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's it's Larry's uh Larry's response was the the perfect antidote to what to what David French is saying here. He says uh, a handful of bad executive orders do not mean it was better to support a deranged liar who incited. You know who had another good response to this was a guy named uh, oh my goodness now I forgot his name. But anyway, he he posted the the basically the agenda of the Biden administration. Um. um or no, it was the executive orders. It was the actual list of executive orders and like what, what they said and whatever. And he said, what about all the lies in the executive orders? <laughs> like, are those, does that, does that make one a deranged does liar? To, to what extent, like, when do we get to the deranged category? And of course, yeah. you well, only the get. The answer is when, when David French stops getting paid money to say deranged liar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, you know, I'm not exactly giving people the benefit of the doubt today, but there has <laughs> never been a bigger grifter than David French. And to be honest, the fact that he has not been put under church discipline for his blatant, irrational hatred 
<laughs> and and that's I do think that's what he should be church disciplined for. You know, is his irrational hatred of someone. Um, yeah, and his his just blatant yeah, lies. Like he constantly. We can, talk, we can talk about how he's lying. We can talk about how he's supporting evil agendas and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But whatever, people are going to have their different opinions on that, and your church might not might not agree. The point is, if you're a Christian, you can't just irrationally hate someone unrepentantly. Like, that should be very basic. We don't have to get into public policy. We don't have to analyze any charts or graphs for that. You know what I mean? But if you hate someone so much that you change your entire worldview because of that person, you're probably doing something pretty simple. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. (laughs) So I'm a big David French fan. I don't know. <laughs> that really came out. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Um, well, I think that about sums it up. <laughs> That's all I had at least. Do you have any, any other, uh, any other fun tweets that you wanted to go over? No, man. I think we pretty much hit on most of the big stuff. Again, I'll just reiterate okay. uh, to, to those who will listen. Uh, this is agent of polemics. So apologies for being gone uh, for the standard Saturday slash Monday episode. Um, you know, had a little bit of the sickness going on, but uh, we should be back to our normally approved schedule now. We'll have a little bit more fleshed out of a topic next week, but we just kind of wanted to fire it up and give you guys something. Um, so you're not, uh, you're not having to wait two weeks here when we're still so young in the podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We wanted to give, give you all a, um... Something, something to, something to watch, and uh, and we and, and the day a little fun and a little troll, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And the and the uh, Phil Vischer thing was, uh, I think, very much worthy of, of commentary on. But of course, we if we did a full hour on that, um, I don't think anybody tuned back in again. <laughs> but anyway, um, I guess we'll sum it up there, man. Um, um, so I'm Matt. I'm, uh, you can find me on social media at Matt Travis Media. Well, you can find me on Twitter. I'm still at Matt Travis Blog at, at Gab because I'm too lazy to go through the process to change that because you got to send like emails and all kinds of stuff. Not all kinds of stuff, just a, an email, not even emails. I lied there. But I, I'm probably never going to do that. So I'm just going to have two different Dude, we're names. doing great at telling people who we are today. It's going <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> but anyway, so you can find me Twitter and Facebook at Matt Travis Media. You can find me on Gab at Matt Travis Blog. You can find Dave on Twitter at Agent of Polemics. He's on Gab, but he hasn't figured out how to work it or something. What's going on with Gab? <laughs> uh, yeah, j- dude, I think I figured it out. I was just so busy uh, this last week with the wife stuff and the kids stuff okay. that I haven't messed around with it or, or set it up yet. Listen, guys, if you have trouble finding us, just look at whatever JD Greer's listening to. All right. Yeah. It's probably going to be us. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But uh, thanks. Um, oh, yeah. You can find um, as we as we start to get more exclusive content and stuff like that, you can find that at libertytalks.net slash trolls. Um, you can sign up for a free subscription right now and get some access to that. And also, I'll send out uh, newsletters. I'm going to start weekly newsletters here real soon so every week we'll send out a, a newsletter with our new episodes clips um other other uh fun trolley stuff we'll see but yeah yeah so check that out yeah, sounds like a plan man all right man um but cool. next see time. you next week